that smooth music signifies that uh, the podcast is here. The Lord's podcast, as I like to call it. <laughs> Whoa. I, I feel we like we need to favor. repent, and we're only like 20 seconds in. <laughs> Welcome to my life. <laughs> Can only go up. That's my secret. I'm always repenting. Uh, my name is Keith. Uh, this is the In Context podcast. We are coming to you from a office in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, on the southwest side, Stonebridge Church. Before we get into it, uh, let's just introduce ourselves again. Keith, Keith Knight here to my right. Josh Casey, Brandon Levering, and Steve Duffy. Yep. So we are uh, we're the pastoral team, well, part of the pastoral team um, here at Stonebridge Church. And uh, just to recap uh, what we do, uh, we want to keep everything uh, biblically in context. So we want to use scripture to back up our points and uh, and make sure that uh, whatever we say is filtered through that. Though I'm sure today it's. We're gonna are have we, to keep coming back. Are we going to experience to Keith unplugged today? Or Dude, uncorked? I am. I am more excited about this <laughs> than any of. other thing I've ever. No, that's not true. Not any other. But no, I, the conspiracy is, theory podcast episode is still. Yeah, that was good. Best. That was your. That was good. We need to revisit that one because so. that was a video. So we need to revisit. Yeah. We'll re, we'll revisit that at some point. Okay. Like maybe if we can go back and do Genesis again, we'll stop at Genesis six. <laughs> <and> then, <laughs> Well, today, uh, we'll get right into it. Um, we've been going through a series called Strangers and Exiles here at Stonebridge, and uh, we are diving into the things that uh, a lot of people don't want to dive into for fear of, you know, opinions, and, and uh, um, because we land in different spots on these. Yeah, there's just tricky, divisive, confusing. I mean, some people love diving in, and they just swim in it all day long, and then others are kind of like, I'm not going near that, but it's, it's challenging stuff. You know, we've talked about uh, we've talked about cancel culture and the outrage that uh, comes with our day and age. And this last week, we talked about politics, yes. the gospel, and politics. And that's been the key: is that we're not just hitting these topics for the sake of hitting the topics, but we're trying to ask the question: How does the gospel of Jesus help us navigate each particular topic? Right. Yeah. So let's start here. Um, one of the questions that we've actually put in our study guide is one that we thought would be good to start with mm-hmm. is where do we land in terms of our involvement or interest in such things? So I think you gave like four categories, yeah, right? Yeah, so kind of, um, you know, when it comes to politics, do you find yourself inclined to get involved, to offer commentary from a safe distance, to avoid them altogether somewhere in between? Like what is each of our personal inclinations toward this subject. Uh, just, I think, by way of illustrating a diversity of personalities that we're going to find any time yep. we talk about something like this. Yep. And, and so, yeah. Yeah, who wants to start? Anybody? I'll go. Uh, so, Josh here. And um, I am, I think of, the, of those four, I think I would probably land in the uh, offer comment from a safe distance is probably where I land. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to qualify that, which is always a good thing to do, um, is that uh, I feel like I, I just have a general disposition more towards political theory than political issues. Mm. I find uh, more thinking about, I mean, just on any topic, I mean, just throw it randomly, abortion, not so much the detailed issue itself, but more of kind of like how the whole, the thinking and the approach and why would, why would either side reason to this biblically and, re, and, and rationally, mm-hmm. you know, to make their argument. 
and how does that fit into the context of the society? Is that within the integrity of what our society is that we've, you know, within America, this, what we've laid down? Like that kind of stuff is more interesting to me than actually getting into the, the, the details. Policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find that that's, you know, a thing. I know I was kind of going through the last couple of years of just books that I've read on politics or whatever. And it's, it's funny, it's um, Them by Ben Sass. So it's kind of just talking about general discourse and uh, Tyranny of Merit by Michael Sandel. It's talking about systems of, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, Christianity and Culture by T.S. Eliot. Also, that, I mean, just start going through it, currently reading through uh, the Apology, Credo, Republic. They're all like systems of thinking. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wait a second. I, don't, I just really don't get into the details of those, those issues. So I, I feel like I, that's why then I offer comment from a safe distance, because I think then also I have to go into the safe distance, because it sure feels like I have to gauge more often than not if someone is hostile. Mm -hmm. Like, I find that more often than not. Like, I want to say, hey, it's not only weighing in on one side or the other, but I want to know if it's okay to be objective and reason and maybe even disagree, but I'm not quite sure in this, con in, in this mm -hmm. conversation if it's a hostile conversation or not. And so that's where I kind of gravitate towards the safe side. Like, mm -hmm. I'm okay jumping into it once I find out that we're not hostile. Why the crap did we let him go first? <laughs> we all look like tools now, yeah. no matter what now, we say. Now we're trying to think of all the political books we've read. <laughs> Oh, well, I, I, I got read, the Constitution on my phone. I read a Twitter. <laughs> hey, I read the Bible. <laughs> so there, yeah. And Steve with the Jesus, Jesus juke. Very, Jesus very well jukes, played. Yeah. He wins. All right, Steve, since you read the Bible, then whoa, tell us about whoa, where you whoa, stand. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not a plug to go next, by any means. Um, yeah, I mean, a few things come to mind. I would say default historically for me has been sort of hands-off. Uh, not that I don't have conviction on, on um, a lot of things. However, uh, especially when it comes to you know politics, it's like, what effect could I really have in engaging <laughs> and uh, other outside of a, a conversation? Growing up for me, it was clearly the we don't talk about religion and politics in all family gatherings mm -hmm. because a very very tense topic. I mean, yelling would happen, and so I I. Um, learned early on this just isn't a space you engage in you can have opinion and conviction but don't engage um, yeah. so I'm sure that's had a part in it but um I, I think still uh, for me it is uh, so that's my default I would say I'm learning and growing in what lot do I play in so I think a lot about the local context mm. and uh, that's been a lot of the conversation lately on the topic of politics what what could I do here? And um, in keeping with like Romans 13, the first Peter verse that we, uh, first Peter 2 that we've been in, and also some of the historical things that have happened all the way from John the Baptist calling out Herod uh, all the way to uh, Bonhoeffer or somebody else mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. speaking up. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about what does that look like locally to be on the proactive side. Uh, and part of the, again, the growing up thing is that was the family culture. We also have the culture, I think, that we're dealing with, too, where because it's not in my front lawn, I don't mm. really need, I'm not forced to engage mm -hmm. right now. But when you think about what's happening on the coasts and stuff like mm -hmm. that and all kinds of other topics, it will soon be in our front lawn yes. in a very confrontational way. So I have to, I want to start getting a little more thought around what this proactive engagement look like with the posture that we learned about um, or learning about through the series. It's good. It's good. I mean, I have been all over the map mm -hmm. in, in my posture. You know, there were, 
uh, early days of, of faith where, uh, as a young Christian, I, I probably spent more time listening to Sean Hannity than reading my Bible. Cheers <laughs> to that. And then realizing how toxic that had become for my soul, oh, <laughs> and so, but backing away. <laughs> to then kind of a, a more of a, just a discouraged distance, mm-hmm. like doesn't make any difference, mm-hmm. not going to do anything. Um, to then, you know, in uh, probably 2000, pockets of, you know, certain topics being more engaged or vocal than others, abortion being one of them. Um, but I, you know, went through really a roller coaster since 2015. Like I, yeah. I became probably more vocal than I'd ever been um, with that election in 2015, just seeing what I believe to be kind of the danger of uh, one particular candidate and advocate. It's the first time I ever made a donation to a political candidate. I donated to Marco Rubio's campaign because mm. I was like, I think this guy is sane and reasonable mm-hmm. and, and competent. And yeah, I'm like, for that. Like and so, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I'd never like, like that was such an existential threat in my heart that I was like, I, I actually did something. I do, I, I'd never donated anything mm-hmm. like that before. Um, to then, of course, you know, 2016 and onward, being just apathetic. <laughs> Not apathetic, mm-hmm. but annoyed. Yeah. Like kind of a quiet judgment from a distance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. and, and you know, I, probably my lowest emotional point of kind of political in- engagement uh, between frustration and just sadness was, was the January 6th events, you know. Just watching not only what happened, but watching the uh, like it was there was a clear runway leading up to that, and and then just watching people who I respected really just doubling down on something that seemed to me to be just blatantly immoral and wrong, and and so that was just like really discouraging. So I I have been all over the map. There were times where I'd be really vocal on social media. I haven't been that vocal for years now. Again, and one of it's kind of just realizing that um, I, I well, kind of trying to gauge the hostility factor that Josh talked yeah. about. I'm yeah. not always sure, like where, like in one of the things that I've I've realized is that shepherding a church in liberal New England is very different. Shepherding, I, sh- I should say, shepherding a, a politically and morally conservative church in liberal New England yeah. is, is a little different than shepherding a politically and morally conservative church in the conservative Midwest. And so finding my sea legs again mm-hmm. um, and those kinds of things, I, I, I've just been a hot mess all over the map. Mm. So. Dang. <laughs> that's, that leaves that's, me. That's option four, hot mess. Hot yeah, mess. Yes. Hot yeah, mess. That? All right, so um, I used to be a lot more politically involved when I was in high school. I was a ditto head, and if you don't oh, know what a ditto on. head <laughs> is, I was a Rush Limbaugh groupie. I got the newsletter, listened to his radio show. Um, I had the books, formerly read the books. I even hands. remember the fake song that he made up for uh, Ted Kennedy. Instead of The Wanderer by Dion, he, he renamed it The Philanderer. <laughs> oh, my gosh, it's the best song I've ever heard. But um, <laughs> had a Rush Limbaugh tie. I mean, I was I, I was all in like hardcore uh, Republican. Dyed in the wool. I w- I would I would uh, argue with anybody mm-hmm. at uh, at the drop of a hat. You know, on uh, on policies and stuff like that. And uh, I was very very interested in it. And then along the way, <laughs> as I discovered uh, 
uh, probably more deeper theology, specifically like anthropology, I just came to not trust anybody. <laughs> and, and I mean, t- to be honest, that's kind of where my political involvement lands is like, I'm, I'm kind of with Josh. Now, I'm, I'm a big John Knox guy. Mm-hmm. So I am very much for political opposition. If you have, a, if you have uh, governing authorities who are uh, enticing the people to do something sinful or against God, I tend to be uh, civil disobedience is compelled in certain cases. That guy, not an anarchist, but mm-hmm. um, anyway. But but I don't. The only time I'll get into it is really now when it has some sort of uh, some very deep moral, biblical, theological implications. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm less. I got real jaded with voting, um, probably. Probably in the 2000 election when you had the hanging Chad thing, <laughs> I was like, this is all stupid. Like, it's all. And then, honestly, when what really jaded me was seeing all these career politicians, these guys, like, in, including, honestly, our current president, who's just been a career politician. Mm-hmm. I don't trust anything. Anybody who's like, that's their first job and they're still there in their 80s, yeah. I don't trust them. Yeah. I don't trust that they have my interest in mind or anybody's interest in mind besides their own. So that's where I land. I know. I know some people Cynic. were shocked. There we go. To yeah. hear that I'm cynical. <laughs> um, I'm also the resident conspiracy theorist. I don't think that typically government people are smart enough to pull out like deep conspiracy theories, uh, but I do believe Satan is able to do that through um, through willing and unwilling unsaved people. So that's where. Mm-hmm. So I tend to kind of stay out of it unless I really get on fire. Mm-hmm. And then if somebody mm-hmm. says something that triggers me, then I'll jump into it. Yeah. Probably in sin. <laughs> <laughs> if we're honest. <laughs> so that's... So I'm hearing a hot mess also. No. Not that. Yeah, I think just figuring mm-hmm. things out. I mm-hmm. think the world, uh, like with po- as politics is concerned, we, we so fall into, especially right now, there's like two, it's like two parties and no more. Like, and mm-hmm. if you even, if you even hint, I might vote for somebody that's not in a party. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just crazy. Like, yeah. people just think this is insane. Yeah. But... Um, so I think where we're at right now has just made me so cynical where it's like there's two main voices and if you don't get on with one of those then you're yeah. you're just out of you're you're not only out of the loop you're useless to every everybody yeah. who's in, yeah. in one of the those. The tension things. between being principled and pragmatic or realistic that's a big tension I hear people talking about like I've got these principles and frankly they don't match up perfectly with either party. Right. And yet uh, for those maybe independents or third parties, or you get others who are like, well, you're just throwing your vote away. That's not mm-hmm. pragmatic or right. practical or realistic. And right. so it's a big tension that um, that people wrestle with. And yeah. you know, a lot of a lot of folks I hear, at least in <clears throat> maybe some of the circles I've run in, would describe themselves as politically homeless the last yeah, I think that's you know, a good way to six or seven years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel that. I mean, I, I'm I'm still registered with the party just because I want to have a say in primaries and things like that, but. Um, I feel that in a lot of ways, like, yeah. Hmm. Well, now that so now people can uh, critique us. Read between all those lines and <laughs> and make conclusions about what we really think. What what people really want to know, though, and if if anybody who's listening to the po- the podcast, the question that I think some of us have gotten the most is like the but what abouts? Oh yeah. So the stuff that you didn't, and let me just say, like, if you haven't listened to Brandon's sermon, please go listen to it. Um, I was. I was very happy, very pleased with where you landed, even saying, like, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the pulpit, it honestly, is the place for that anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I, I appreciate you mm-hmm. um, taking that position. Yeah. Um, 
and I think a lot of a lot more Christians should appreciate taking that position. We're going to put the word center. Yeah. We're going to talk about what the word talks about, and and we're going to honor the people the word tells us to honor. I'm not going to tell you what to do yeah. with your conscience on this matter. Mm-hmm. You've got to figure that out. But what about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, so so cover. the goal the goal because you know the goal, and I think I said the Sunday morning like. I don't want to tell people what to do. I want to right. help them learn how to think, yes. how to apply the gospel of Jesus. Sin really is sinful. Right. Grace really is sufficient. How do I apply that framework to these political decisions? Um, which, again, is is not what some people want to hear and, and so on. But I think it's helpful for us because, again, it, it forces us to be distinctly Christian because yep. it's, it's so easy to just fuse together my political ideology and my biblical faith. And they should overlap. I mean, the biblical faith should inform the one, but right. it's really easy to forget which one's in the driver's seat and all of yeah. that. And mm-hmm. so, um, but yeah, there's there's the, okay, so all good and fine, but what about protesting an abortion clinic? What right. about... Uh, Voting in uh, uh, you know a, a tight race where you know the principled candidate doesn't have a chance to win. Right. What about you know? And, and so, what are some of the whatabouts you guys encountered, or or you know, have ever, what are what are some of the whatabouts people are wondering? I mean, I think the number one whatabout that I get is like, well, what happens when you have a government that a government that's in control that primarily is not operating by biblical standards mm-hmm. that are pushing things that are ungodly. What about that? Like, yeah. What are you supposed to do about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, get yeah. a, I get a lot of but what abouts, but those aren't, most of them aren't helpful. <laughs> I think the helpful one is the one that Keith just said. No, I want to, let's go to the non- What do you do if you're, what do you do if your president's a jerk? What do you do if your president's senile? What do you do? I mean, those are, to me, I'm what just do you like, do if your are, president's a jerk? Yeah. I mean, like, what have, Anybody who's been alive in the last century is. <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm saying. No. Uh, uh, Do we have to respect him? Yeah, I think those those are know, things, those and that's that's things. that's and those to me, those are the ones that I'm saying I don't find to be the most helpful approach. Right. The question right. itself isn't a helpful beginning. I think yours is a more helpful beginning. What do you yeah. do when they're asking you to do something against the will of God? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I tried to touch on that briefly at the end of the sermon. Um, yeah. When because Peter touches on it. Yeah. In fact, in fact, that's the irony um, of of that question is that uh, we live in a much more uh, gracious context uh, here in America and modern world than Peter lived in under the Roman right. Empire, right? right. Like yeah. most likely, it, it's scholars debate the precise timing of First Peter, but it's pretty strong case that Nero was the emperor. Yeah. During that time, right. So when and he, he was says, "Real easy to," deal I mean, with. Nero is just like you know, super softy. Yeah, he yeah. had he had like you know the Apostle Paul on his advisory committee or no? Yeah, he made lamps <laughs> out. Of, he shoved poles in people and made lamps, street lamps out of people. Yeah, yeah. like Christians. Yeah. Christians. Yeah. yeah, poured oil over them, set them on fire. Yeah, nice guy. So so you know that's that's the context in which he says things like honor the emperor, be subject to the governing authorities. Um, that should give us some pause. Uh, what I find interesting, and I don't know what's underneath this, but um, you know, echoing what, what both of you guys just said, I feel like today when we talk about politics and if, if submission to the government comes up, the first and most prevalent topic that Christians in America want to discuss is civil disobedience. Sure. Like that's where we gravitate. We spend most of our time and imagination on that. Right. What I find is puzzling, or curious at least, is that 
the scriptures spend way more time on submission to the government. They talk mm-hmm. about civil disobedience. It's in there. Yeah. But the New Testament in particular, Paul in, in Romans and in, in First Peter, uh, Peter and First Peter, talk, spend way more time on submission to the government, and they had a much more oppressive and persecuting context where we have a really plush context, and we spend all of our energy and imagination on civil disobedience. I just think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's the... So, I mean, it's a completely different government. Totally. Right. Yeah. But but we still operate. And here, here's my frustration with government and politics in general, summed up. We operate as though we are compelled by the government to do whatever they tell us to do. Mm. We are in charge. We are in charge. Yeah, we the people. They are not mm-hmm. in charge. Like, the president is not in charge. Mm-hmm. Like, his what he's supposed to do is carry out the will of the people, which is given to him yeah. through the elected officials, okay? But the problem is, if there's corruption in the elected officials, then is it the same type of civil disobedience that Daniel would have gone through? No, it's not the same, because there's not a sovereign. And it's not mm-hmm. even the same type of civil disobedience that Knox practiced, mm-hmm. because there's not a sovereign. Yeah. The president is not sovereign. Yeah. The Congress is not sovereign. Yeah. So there's a number of things, like even as we look in the Constitution, there are bills that are trying to be passed right now that are not constitutional. They are not for the people, and they, they do and have for years try to overstep the bounds of what we can and cannot do. So my problem with the civil disobedience thing is not as simple. I agree with you, but it's not the same government. They can't tell me what to do in certain instances. They can't just run up into my house without just cause if they wanted to. They can't. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if I say, you're not getting them in you're not coming in my house in the same way that if a cop pulls somebody over and they'd have no just cause and they say, no, I'm not going to let you search my car because you don't have just cause. The cops can't just pull you out of your car. They're going to get fired, hopefully, or prosecuted, hopefully. So that's that's where I land. And you can tell I'm pretty passionate about this because it's not... It's not People are turning down the volume on their (laughs) podcast. Can I I poke at that? Yeah, poke it. And not you, uh, but the idea. Uh, But yeah, what we talked about this morning in with with a group of guys uh related to what you're just saying is that the challenge then with that is uh if it's you know the people who have a vested interest or an authority in our government what happens if the tide of the people is now uh, obviously it is it's yeah, in a decline right yeah. Yeah. so now the 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 elected officials that represent the darkness of the people uh is now it's all dark right the darkness of and, the people. I like that. yeah and so uh so where's our where's our reference point and it mm-hmm. always has to be christ and in that um i'm not uh, even the way our government's set up and in terms of civil, civil disobedience, my appeal will be to, you know, the, what is, what does God say? You know, mm-hmm. and that's in contradiction to what the government's doing, um, versus having a, uh, a confidence and an anchor in just hoping the people can carry this in and do the influencing. Does that make sense? Like, it's mm-hmm. like that, that aspect, because our government, I'm not, uh, trying to weigh one government against the next, yep. like a king or a right. theocracy right. versus a, our form of government. It's mostly, though, I don't want to hinge on the weight and the moral tide of the yeah. people, the culture, mm-hmm. to help. Yeah. To help. Populism us. is not always morally virtuous. Yeah, like well, the to help. Chose Hitler. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't want that to be my yeah. basis of confidence and standing firm in a civil disobedient type practical application. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just want to add that because. That was such well, a great and, point. Well, and part of the real. challenge is the government, you know, as much as, so we've got a government system that doesn't always do what it's supposed to be doing. That's one of the factors. Mm-hmm. But we, but no matter what, uh, 
one of the reminders of fallen worldly governments is that we need a greater king. Like, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. solutions, like, there are, we do our best, right? We, you know, I, I do think democracy is a better system than any other, and so on and so forth. Sure. Uh, but democracy well, is still sinners. <laughs> <laughs> democracy is, is for this meantime, this yeah, time right. of exile. Yeah. Uh, democracy is still sinners leading sinners, though. Yes. And, and, right. and um, you're going to have those impulses in any system. Yeah. Um, like, there is no utopic system. The, the side of heaven. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the you know the, that idea of you know who is sovereign then in you know in in the government that we have right now. You know, if no individual is or no branch of the government is, um, it was designed that there is something you know that's 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 binding. Just the American, whether you're a Christian or not, just the American, there is something that we've all agreed to, and I think that's a lot of where I see you know the you know. Fear God, honor the king. You know, it's like we have we have one foot in one world, one foot in the other world, so to speak. And we, we kind of have to not do the church against the government, but the church within the government that we live. Because no matter where we're at, we're going to be in a government, whether it's a formal government or not. You know, we could all go move to an island. There's still something there. Uh, hopefully, it's not like Lord of the Flies government, but <laughs> it's uh, but but there's something there. It's, uh, it's the um, the. But I think that there's that's that's the trick, you know. I was thinking about you know what does this look like in another you know in another context, and we've seen a lot of different you know churches, you know Christians, thriving and excelling you know within a, a government that isn't so helpful or God honoring yeah. um, throughout you know throughout history, and so that's the part for me as an American that I've really tried I had to wrestle with is like how can I follow the integrity of you know, the Constitution, you know, how do I follow the integrity of, you know, the the essence, the meaning of what were the the founding fathers trying to lay out for us? And how do we hold, be in, you know, have integrity with that or or consistency with that while also still, you know, and how do we hold our our officials to that? Because it seems like our officials aren't saying, you know, I read the Bible, therefore I'm going to be president. At some point they're reading the, the, the founding you know, documents and saying, I think this is a system in which I could be helpful. You know, maybe, not all, but maybe. But I think that there's that balance that sometimes I think we as Christians say, oh, we have to hold them to Christian principles. Uh, I think there's a Christian push that, that direction, but even the framers of the Constitution weren't building something, a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, and so it, it, sometimes we blur that line and we have to separate it a bit. We can live in it and thrive in it. And but it, when we blend those two together, that it's a Christian nation and it has always been, and the framers of the Constitution were deciding that it would be, we we we've now left actual real history, <laughs> and therefore our practice is going to be a little funky. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think there's a you, that's a really good point. I, I do think there's a confusion. I think there are some people, there are some people who. Um, some of it relates to eschat- uh, eschatological mm-hmm. positions, right? There are some people who um, would stand on the America is a Christian nation. We need to get back to being a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who are maybe post-millennial who say that, yeah, it's probably a deist nation, right? In, in, its, in its infancy, it's probably most of the people. Were, there were some Christians, a lot of a deists, mm-hmm. you know, um, but, but we are free. Mm-hmm. So th- because of the way the government's set up, they cannot... They cannot keep us from proselytizing. They cannot keep us from sharing our faith and 
calling other people to repentance, which, you know, and that's where what we're getting into now is government kind of stepping yeah. in and saying, like, but, you can't in these areas, yeah. you can't stand in front, of, in front of an abortion clinic and do this. Or you can't. Yeah. A guy got, I think, removed from, now I don't know the full story, but I, I think a guy got removed from a mall because he was wearing a shirt that said Jesus saves and had, like, mm. the coexist thing crossed out on the back. And the security <laughs> guards were like, you got to get out of here. You're making people nervous. <laughs> But so I think there's a distinction between. I agree with you. Yeah. It's I agree with with that. But I think where it's getting now, and where a lot of people are afraid, is like at what point do things slip away and get to the point where we just resign yeah. ourselves to yeah. dictatorship, yeah. where it should have been. Yeah. Though I would free. say your de- your earlier description is not unique to post or post millennialism. Um, no. I, the, right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, I mean, you're yeah, going to see lots of people in that camp wanting to be a faithful presence in the midst of a. Pluralistic society, right? But the yeah. difference with post mills is they're they they're graduate that they would the, they're, they're creating, creating the government kingdom. exactly. Right. That's that's the next <laughs> right. step for them is yeah. that the as Bonson, that grows, the Greg Bonson kind of position yeah. would be like we are to be reforming America into a yeah. Yeah. theocratic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That would be the unique uh, distinction there. I was I was really intrigued on the um, just that, that kind of the, those 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 ideas there is like what are the grounds you know is you know during the listening to the sermon and thinking through you know some of these things what are the grounds for like. Where do we have evidence of that in Scripture? Like, what are the grounds for civil disobedience? I think you brought some good points up, uh, Brandon. You know, like yeah. one would be when when your government asks you to uh, kill another person. You know, I, th- I thought that was one. You know, with uh, with uh, the uh, the women, the Hebrew women mm-hmm. in Egypt, mm-hmm. and uh, and there was a, a civil disobedience that allowed Moses to live. That was that was a good one. Um, <laughs> And not just because it's Moses, but because it's a life saved. Right. Um, but right. then there's also, you know, when, when Herod asked the wise men, um, yep. they, they, they do civil disobedience. And neither one of them is rising up and kicking things over. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just quietly doing something different yeah. because mm-hmm. they're yeah. trying to protect. They go back. They return a different way. Yeah. They don't yeah. actually go report the thing. Um, yeah. Does Herod find someone else that'll do it? Yeah. But they didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... I think those that, that that was one. You know, I think there's you know that case of you know um, when they ask you to stop worshiping, mm-hmm. yeah. When they ask you to stop, and that's kind of like a almost like a quiet you know private matter. But when it's a public matter, when they stop, when they ask you to stop proclaiming Christ, mm-hmm. you know, we get that throughout the Book of Acts so yep. many times. Yep. Just stop talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those those for me are kind of some of the some of the limits there. You know, I, I, the list doesn't get. A whole lot longer for me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 then is the government compelling me to sin or stopping me from obedience. Those are kind of the two categories that I generally, yeah. And I'd, I'd probably go a little more nuanced than that because then you have to qualify like what is sin, what is not, you know, yeah, and like that, you know, and how am I understanding that? But yeah, yeah, and and that's where some of our civil disobedience conversations can get. Um, because there's a place for a certain American, uniquely American civil disobedience. Some of what you were talking about, Keith, like uh, searching without just cause. I mean, that's not exactly the government trying to force me to sin or stop me from obeying, but our country has said they're not supposed to do that. that. And so that becomes more of an American uh, civil disobedience than a uniquely Christian civil disobedience, and and which, you know, both have their place, right? Um, But that, that can get... That can also muddy the conversation for some as we're thinking about a uniquely Christian engagement with politics. Like some of it's just what Americans should do, yeah. uh, regardless of our of our faith and so on. I think it depends. So, I mean, one scenario would be, um, 
Like, I have a gun, okay? And I have a gun because if anybody ever breaks into my house and seeks to harm my family, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like, God bless you, take what you'd like. <laughs> I'm going to shoot them. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just being honest. I'll shoot them. Like, I won't glory in it, mm-hmm. but I will keep th- I will keep anyone as much as possible for me because as a, as a husband and father from hurting, harming, you know, raping, murdering my wife and daughters. Yeah. So I'm committed to that. And for me, it's a, it's a Christian conscience issue. I'm the protector of my family. You know, I, I get that God does it, but so if the government says, Oh, surprise, you can't have a pistol anymore. Like criminals are still going to get guns. Right. Sure. And and so like even that might people might say, well, that's not a that's not a distinctly Christian issue where where some people and this is genuinely where people Christians get conflicted. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have been given this right and the right was set up so that the government was never able to just say like, oh, surprise, we're not a republic yeah. anymore. Right. Or surprise, like you don't get to defend yourself. And so that that for me is it is a crisis of conscience. And I I think sometimes more moderate people or more progressive people just think that we're just barbaric and we just want guns. But a lot of us are just very thoughtful. We want protection. like mm-hmm. we, And because we have these things afforded to us in the Constitution, it, yeah, it is American, but I also feel like there's a lot of Christian men who are like, I really want to protect my family. Sure. So sometimes it, get, it does get frustrating politically when you're having these conversations and uh, on either side, we will cast the other side as yeah. being like, yeah. just because they have something that might be more political than Christian, that we just suck mm-hmm. the Christian out that has nothing to do with yeah. our Christian faith. But those things for, for a lot of people really do. Yeah. And that's, I think, where most people, at least I'm speaking for the people on the right side sure, of sure, the sure. aisle, mm-hmm. I think that's where most people get conflicted. Mm-hmm. And that's when people get frustrated and amped up and, and scared, honestly, probably sinfully scared to where then we will do whatever we can to protect yeah. our side of the room. Yeah, 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 rather totally. than just our faith. So I, and I'm yeah, just because you do that have Christians say, landing on either side of that equation. Agreed. Like, agree. I'm happy to have it as long as the law lets me. But if agree. the law changes, I'm going to submit to the guy. You know. Agree. But it's the, where where it really gets muddy is is because we are so free here because mm-hmm. it is because American is America is distinctly free. It causes a lot of problems within the church because I, I don't think people are just grabbing positions because they're a Republican or because they're a Democrat. I think people, we, we have to at least con- concede to each other w- that we're genuinely trying to figure these things yeah. out, largely. Some people yeah, just grab good. a position and go. But that's where my heart lies. It's not as easy as just being like, well, this person hold this, holds this position, so this is that means this is where they're yeah. at. They're not thinking through yeah, the we, faith. Yeah, we, we, we want that. Um, and, and I think this is, too, behind kind of the draw. Just tell me how to vote. Like, we want that kind right. of easy answer. Right. We want to be able to categorize things, put them in a nice little box, and then I know I can have confidence that I've landed where I need to land. Right. And, and, um, and I get that. Um, but with even, even if that's my posture, having that grace toward recognizing there are gray areas where, where God-committed, Bible-believing Christians land, in, in, right. and especially on the, um, you know, one of the things I talked about, the distinction between the biblical principle and then moving from that to public policy yeah like right. that is a not mm-hmm. a, uh, 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 what's his name Jonathan Lehman and Andy Nasali have this wonderful little book how do I love people how do I love Christians who whose politics I disagree with or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. but one of the things they talk about is in, in that distinction there are some straight lines yeah. from biblical principle to public policy for sure yeah and there are a lot of jagged lines yeah. where really wisdom comes deeply into play and and 
that's just, you know, helpful, like, helpful posture of, of humility and, and unity in, in, um, and one thing that strikes me, and, and maybe you guys can uh, help think through this, Maybe some of the clarity that can come from, all right, well, let's take this conversation and place it in a different political government. Like, hmm. you know, we're yeah. in yeah. Uh, Jordan, or we're in Iran, or mm-hmm. we're in, you know, communist China. Well, the Iranians are Iranian like, churches. No more. Yeah. And well, people are getting killed, kidnapped, killed. and Yeah, so you're seeing no some of that, yeah. you know. Uh, but it's just kind of like, you know, which of our... Uh, political inclinations transfer across culturally, right. which ones, yeah. you know, don't. I think that can be a helpful litmus test for some of these things. Is it biblical or is it cultural? And just because it's cultural doesn't mean it's wrong, but it might not be universal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There might be a particular contextualization happening with this. And so, well, maybe also as you're, as you're talking about this, then, you know, realizing that my you know, sometimes, again, political discussions, your concept of freedom becomes distinctly what you're used to politically. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's at this point we need to establish this pastorally. Uh, biblical freedom has nothing to do with the place that you live in and mm-hmm. has everything to do with the fact that you are no longer compelled to sin and you no longer have to pay the penalty for your sin when you die. Yeah. Like, you will not stand in judgment. You are free to obey, right? The law of liberty is... Yeah. Is to love so one you're another, saying right? that so. that bumper sticker with the American flag in Galatians five one isn't talking about? Mm. <laughs> I love it. Don't make me answer that. I uh, love it. <laughs> That's right next to the coexist bumper sticker. Oh yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. The uh, no, I like that idea. The uh, that, that that put it in a different government, kind of thinking about your own freedom and reasoning that way. And I think uh, you know, really, the political side of things maybe changes the way we reason about you know, different decisions here or there. Um, but I think kind of to, to enter the, the conversation of like that hostility and how do we disagree and how do, how do we go about that? I think your, your comment about, you know, guns uh, and owning a gun and using a gun, Keith, I think that's a, I think it's a great example there. It's not one that we're going to be talking about in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, let me do the one on guns. Just, but, just add yeah. one in and let me do guns. <laughs> Please. Like, like, Please let me like do Mountain Dew, like Mountain Dew Jones and yeah, idiocracy stomping around with God, the, the gospel and the Second Amendment. Just let me do it. <laughs> the, uh, but I think for for me, where I hear that because I I am I disagree with your stance on it. Um, my dad, you know, and some of it could be because I grew up. My dad was a pseudo hippie. My mom was a pseudo Mennonite. So that's basically where I land. Wow. And, um, <laughs> and that, which is that not, explains the Birkenstocks, so <laughs> which is not at all you know like where what you're what you're saying there. So. I think the principle that you and I both agree on is I will protect my family. Yes. There's a disagreement, though, about how that's done. Yes, and I'm fine with that. And mine would never involve a gun. Yes. And uh, and I would actually be against it. (laughs) It would be, no, it would be hippies. We'd just sit and talk. Um, (laughs) Like, hey, do you really want to do this? Let's talk. The, um, I've made so, some kefir. <laughs> no, the, uh, and so the, uh, but I think that there is, when I hear that, you know, I mean, disclose this, we need to do that more. Yes, we need I to agree. be able to disclose that with each other. Yeah. But in order to and disclose that, yeah. but, we, but in order to not be afraid, we need to know that it's okay that we can disclose that. Yeah. It's okay that I can say, I'm actually not really thrilled with guns. Yeah. And know that we're okay. Now mm-hmm, we know mm-hmm. we can move on because that's not 
a first order yeah. principle that yeah, we're yeah, trying yeah. to. And it's know, why we to. need to hang out together because if yeah. anybody comes at us, I got your back. <laughs> there you go, and then I can <laughs> console their family. Right. Uh, the. Uh, the no the uh, but but I think that that idea of it sounds like mm-hmm. an American argument as to why you have guns. Oh yeah, for that sure. Universe. And so that's where I think we need to have the dialogue because I want to ask where stands it written? Like yeah. where do you get that you own a gun and use it lethally to protect a family from mm-hmm. an intruder in the Bible? Because that that part for me, you know, like and then we have yeah. to have that. We don't have to have yeah. that right now. That's not the point of this. But to model, like that's how a dialogue I think needs to happen in these realms. That then those aren't happening. I don't have those very often. Mm. Well, they don't happen because they what what happens is it becomes emotionally charged. And yeah. <laughs> I but here's the thing. I know you enough mm-hmm. to love who you are and who God has made you and to understand that you're like you're gonna approach those things from a different position. Mm-hmm. Both of us would say we try our best to take a biblical position on things. Yeah. But if we're honest, some of our biblical positions are probably tinged with other things. Yeah. Like I love John. No- like I said, John Knox is probably my po- my model for political theology. And he was just like Bible in one hand and a broadsword in the other, <laughs> and actually advocated for if you had a ruler that was not ruling justly, then you depose them and execute them. <laughs> and that's where I'm like, well. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. Sounds a but lot like January 6th. Oh, I'm sorry, I went there. <laughs> don't blame John Knox for January 6th. No, 6. I know, terrible. I'm teasing. Please, don't sully the reputation of that great man. Hmm. Um, but but the point being, like, I think the political discussion makes us as Christians, if we're honest, right, if we are going to be honest with ourselves about our own faith, we have to do our best to approach people who... We can't just be like, one of the things that is frustrating is when you will automatically be like, well, that person's not a Christian because they have a liberal position, and so they're not a Christian. (laughs) That is like the most uncharitable. And I think a lot of, like, there have been times where even somebody will be like, I'm a Christian, but I'm okay with this. And you're like, wait a minute, you know, depending on where you're at politically. Mm -hmm. But it's just very uncharitable. And you, a lot of it comes from you identify a person by a position rather than hearing their story, yeah. knowing their testimony, yeah. watching them walk with the Lord. <laughs> and it's so dangerous to just reduce anybody to yeah, like their thoughts on a certain issue. It's just dangerous and unfair, I think. It's a good word. Mm-hmm. 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 I would agree. Um, you asked the question about transferability of pra- principle and mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. across cultures. Mm-hmm. One, of, one of the things I think that, uh, and again, it's hard for us to think outside of America. Yeah. Um, but uh, we, since we have the freedom to be proactive at speaking out against, I think of uh, the example that didn't come up, and maybe it did in the message, but uh, would, you know, John the Baptist and calling out Herod, yeah. that cost yeah, him yeah. his head. Yeah. And that was a proactive versus a Herod did something and John now right. was forced to. This was right. a proactive mm-hmm. calling yes. out of yes. uh, the standing up, calling out symbols. immorality. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we have the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. And our, so that would be something that doesn't apply in Iran, let's yeah. say, for example. But we have the freedom here, and then, so there's that element of thinking about what's unique about our culture, still standing on the principle. Yeah. Um, and then to take that a step further, then, what is my John the Baptist-type um, uh, lot to, to step into? voice, yeah. yeah like, which, you know, wh- you which is really hard. That's the part that I shrink, I have shrunken yeah. back from in the past and not sharing, okay, where do I step in yeah. now with the spectrum of things? Yeah. That I could speak to, like yeah, yeah which so ones, I, yeah. which hills do I? Yeah, and yeah. I think that's an excellent question because what I, what I've noticed is like again, some of this is inclination, like yeah. personality, right. 
you get some who kind of lean to more of the prophetic edge. They, mm-hmm. they are calling out, they're speaking truth to power, they're mm-hmm. calling out sin. Mm-hmm. And you get some who lean toward a more pastoral edge. They want to sit down with the person, have the conversation, you know. Right, right. Both of those are biblical postures, right? Absolutely, yeah. and, and both have their place. But, you know, you look, it's interesting, when, when Jesus was asking people, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. Like some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah or one of the prophets. Well, what did all of those people have in common that Jesus was being confused with? Prophets who spoke truth to the kings in power, mm-hmm. right? And got themselves killed for it almost, right? Elijah mm-hmm. stood up against Ahab. Uh, John the Baptist stood up against Herod. So, so Jesus's kingdom was seen as a threat to the kingdoms of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there is that prophetic voice of not that way, but this, mm-hmm. you know, not that king, but this one. Mm-hmm. And there is a place for, for speaking that truth, figuring out which hills to die on, which, you know, what's strategic in this moment, that's, that's back where we we need wisdom. Yeah, and you I know, think maybe just recently, maybe in our recent, in the recent decades, or it, it would uh, mention, I mentioned in a conversation this morning was we have had a tendency to shrink back and not, uh, and just say, that's not the hill I'm going to die on, mm. but then not think about, well, what is the one I'm going to even yeah. climb? Mm-hmm. And so now, uh, if we go long periods of time without saying anything, yeah. then we have not exercise. We have not engaged in this exercise of yeah. being that voice, and so it becomes very foreign. And like, I'm not sure if I even want to go there because I've gotten really comfortable yeah. by not that's, speaking. Yeah. That's and I think the Beatitudes give us, you know, uh, a, a lot of help with that. With you, know, especially like you're persecuted for righteousness' sake, because it's like we don't want to die on the hill. But we're we're totally content and comfortable about just stewing and grumbling at the base of the hill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like because at the top of the hill, if we, if that is a hill to die on, it probably has some persecution on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we really are doing it for righteousness' sake, uh, which is mm-hmm. the key qualifier of that whole yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. virtue there, uh, then we have to be principled from the Bible in the reason why we're taking that hill and saying, this is one I'll die on and be yeah. persecuted. But we don't go, we're either like we're lazy or we, uh, or we're just content with being upset, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, and it's because we don't want to fight that fight. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think a tough one. I think that's where Knox well, and if can say, give yes. us a little kick in the butt and say, no, you got to go do something. Yeah. Well, at least he was, at least his convictions, his, his held convictions, he struggled with them, wrestled with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, deviated from Calvin. Calvin was not that. He was like, whoa, buddy, mm-hmm. hold on. Uh, but the other point, like, you know, that, that comes up this too, this, if we're honest, and if you're listening, let's be honest with ourselves, oftentimes we will not share the gospel and call people to personal repentance that we know are in sin and know heading to hell because we're afraid of what it's going to do. But you are more than willing to talk about the Second Amendment. You're more than willing to talk about like uh, any other political things yeah. that uh, unite you with someone who might have the same political opinion, but you will not share the gospel. And if that's the case, yeah. if you're more willing to share political stuff than to personally share the gospel or call people out, publicly for the gospel, not just for policy, but for the gospel, yeah. then you probably have your priorities messed mm-hmm. up. That's good. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think that's a great kind of self-check. Like, what am I, what am I spending my energy and emotion on? Right. And what is consuming me? And um, what am I most excited to tell somebody about? Right. Those kinds of things. Right. And it's funny because... Um, and, and I, you know, what, what Steve, what you were talking about with the whole, you know, we've been quiet too long type thing. 
um, depending on kind of the circles you run in, or maybe depending on how much time you spend online, I'm like, we've turned everything into yeah. a hill. Like we need to like <laughs> calm down, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. but again, yeah. that's probably yeah. related again to how online engagement has affected this whole thing, where mm-hmm. everything becomes a hill, and we're always yelling at each other. But in real life, we may not actually be saying anything meaningful or useful or mm-hmm. or engaging. And so it's just kind of, yeah. This is but just I would say social thing. media has dug bigger trenches at the base of the hill that we can mm-hmm. fire shot, you know, like yeah. that. Yeah. Like that's, I'm saying, so I think you're, I think you're right, but I don't think it, it takes away the analogy that we're no, all content with grumbling at the base. Of the yeah, hill. yeah, we're just, yeah. To take the hills actually to do something. I was, uh, I was, I was um, looking over um, uh, Martin Luther, or not Martin Luther King Jr. had six principles of nonviolence, you know, and obviously, you know, the things that I've said, that's really intriguing to me. Um, of the uh, the nonviolence, but he he talks about the more civil disobedience in a nonviolent way, um, and I, I was intrigued by his third uh, third point. Yeah, nonviolence seeks to defeat injustice, not people. I just thought that was such a great one. Yeah. Is to separate the person from the idea, and then to work through that idea. I thought that was just a really great one, yeah, and uh, and that makes taking the hill different. You know. Can I, I, I'm just going to interject here. I was going to interject too. No, no. But well, so well, to play off that. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is, this is where I think dialogue is really good. This is, and this returns to my political position. I think some people, I mean, I think the Bible is clear that things are not just people. We do not war against people, but, but principalities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I also think some people are compelled by principalities who are in positions of power to, mm-hmm. I don't think that they have just motives. And so mm-hmm. I, I understand what King is saying, but I don't trust people enough to think that they're just doing things off of like random thoughts. I do think yeah. some politicians yeah. and some people who act are evil. Hitler was evil. Well, and I so, think King so would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, right, but what I'm saying is there are some instances in which nonviolent does not work. Nonviolent does not work with the Nazis mm-hmm. because they're never going to concede that position. Nonviolent protest mm-hmm. is not going to work with Hitler. It didn't. Yeah. And that's why Bonhoeffer had to be like, we're going to kill him. And again, and Bonhoeffer is an interesting Bonhoeffer because he interesting. he was very committed to nonviolence, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and but also to a came plot. to well and and came to <laughs> yeah. a point right. Right. where he had to go against that personal conviction Correct. for the sake of the other, right? And, and that's and, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and yeah. it seems to be when the person when you are absolutely clear that the person has identified with the injustice. Mm. I think at yeah, that point, point, that's probably where Bonhoeffer switched to. This really is on this person, yeah. Like, and this, and and I mean, you wrestle with it, but you don't go into it, you know, joyfully and willingly. No, you go into it with much trepidation and prayer, sure, because you you and and lament because like, how could this person has really wed themselves with it? And I think that the Bible gives us precedent. You know, if the person has said blah blah blah, then throw them to the devil. Yeah, you know, and 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 it tells us to, to to reject it only after we have truly assessed. They are identifying with their sin. Yes. They are identifying with yeah. the injustice. Agreed. At that point, you've got you've got a really tough situation. Good response. Yeah. yeah. If I if I took what you had said before, Josh, and I mean because that's <clears throat> that's applies practically to everybody today. Like this idea of do I separate out the person from the ideology? Whatever. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, practical tests of that is when I think about the president. Do I think about uh, you know? Do I say something like uh, that? fill in the blank, you know, call, call <laughs> colorful <laughs> adjective, mm-hmm. that, that cut, that cuss, you know, like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. If yep. you do, the, you know, do I, is that how I think about him or do I, or am I attacking or thinking more yeah. about the ideology 
and focusing yeah. on that. Agreed. And that in in that exercise is the same exercise that is most helpful. It really it's a heart check. You know, where what are we thinking? You know, and um, mm-hmm. but that exercise is most helpful to engage in that proactively mm. now, especially more than ever, so that we also have the right posture when we are engaging, you know, our, what yeah. is our hope or our desired outcome? We want to, we want to share the gospel. And yeah. we, if we call somebody repentance, we're not attacking a person, but we're calling the action, the activity, the thought idea, whatever uh, we're calling that out yeah. and just dis- having those distinctions. And so, mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's I think, a really good, yeah. I think that's an important point because if we're honest, like you just struck at the heart of like, I knew that there was something hovering around that's really kind of at the crux of a lot of Christians' politics right now, and that's it. Like most of most of the criticism that is thrown, especially within, within the past decade, is, is leveled at politicians, is more uh, personal um, slams or criticisms uh, than it is like policy. Mm-hmm. It's more personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like everything becomes this person's a dirtbag, this person's a moron. Like, and that is when I would, I would agree with you on that. And thanks for articulating that. Like, if, if your political positions devolve into you dehumanizing mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. Um, to make your point, you're, you're in sin. I mean, it's yeah. sinful. Yeah. Because you've, you've gone against the, uh, the image of God in them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Oof. that was light. Stuff. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff. Well, now that we got it all figured out. Well, we don't have it all figured out. Let's and talk I, about guns. I think it's the point. Right? <laughs> I mean, uh-huh. the point the point is that, and and hopefully what we modeled even this morning was, I think it's I think mm-hmm. it's good to have point counterpoint. I think it's good to have conversations. None of us are going to leave this room mad at each other, which is amazing. Yeah. Um. And and it's it's just a nice place to be in. So if you I mean if you're listening. I think the thing that we want Christians, especially you know, our church, to walk away from is like you're not you're not going to land on all of the same points mm-hmm. as the people that are sitting next to you, but like we have a king. I mean, we we belong to a kingdom that is not of this world, and sometimes being an American, it's really really hard to remember that. It's yeah. really hard to remember that. So, just I would say give other believers the benefit of the doubt that we're all trying to find out exactly how to live this out biblically. And so if you have questions that are legitimate questions, not looking to like catch somebody in a trap or, you know, do a gotcha on somebody, please ask those questions, have dialogues, pray for people who not are on the same side as you, not just that they'll change to their position, but that you would be more understanding and kinder and rather than reducing one another to political opinions, maybe we should uh, encounter, you know, the, the image of God in one another. And, and like you said, honor that yeah. before we before we launch into these things. So, yeah. yeah. Thanks, fellas, for your thoughtfulness yeah, this you. morning. Brandon had to skedaddle just a few minutes ago, so I'm just looking at his empty chair. But um, if you have any more questions on this stuff, man, we could we honestly could sit in here for like three more hours and talk through specifics of things. But. Um, we we yeah, would welcome. Ahead. I think I could speak for all of us. We welcome conversation like this. Absolutely, you know, as love we've it. modeled it here, we would love to have that be. I mean, what if what if our church lobby and our hallways were this? Could, you know, and great. just talking yeah. through this it honest could be, conversation. And it should prayer, be that yeah. place. It should be that place. It really should be a sanctuary where people can come and know that they're safe. Agreed. Uh, because the dialogue is there, and then we can all go away. You know, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, not in hate. Yeah, I mean, that's if we're going away from church and hate, something bad has happened there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So guard your hearts. Uh, and again, all these things, we need to filter it through the word and especially through the living word, Christ. Um, we just we're praying for you. Uh, and we would ask that you would pray for gentleness and respect and all these things that Peter asks for these exiles to practice. Uh, we would we would second that as well. So next week, um, we'll jump back in again. We'll be talking about abortion next week. So we're not getting any more shallow in these topics. We, we buckled up a couple weeks ago, so you can't say buckle up now. <laughs> yeah, you can't say buckle up. We're just up. continuing. We're, we're on the ride. So, Well, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, stay in the Word and stay in Christ. And uh, if you don't know Christ, reach out to us. We'd love to tell you how to have a personal relationship with the God who created you. So, talk to you soon. Bye.